Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Unsouthern Podcast. If all goes according to plan, this will be the last podcast episode with really bad audio, as I am planning on buying a real true-to-life microphone that won't make me sound like I'm buried underneath a pile of leaves while you're talk while you're listening to me. Uh, oh, allow me to introduce myself. This is Micah, and I'm here with my production assistant, Mr. Amir. And we are in the process of getting up and running on this blog uh, and on this podcast, and getting you know learning the ropes at this point. Um, six episodes in. Still trying to figure out how to, you know, make sure I'm properly engaging. And, uh, you know, at this point, I, I do, I am literally talking to myself as I broadcast from here from my condo in downtown Atlanta. And to some degree, in a, in a, in a very real sense, even once it's published, I understand that I'm pretty much talking to myself at this point. But maybe, maybe the archivalist will come back at some point and, uh, and unearth these episodes and, and listen to them. I, I hope that you've found them in good health, and I hope that you found them in a reasonably uh, short period of time so that I can see the views come through. Um, I'd like, I'd really in, enjoy and appreciate some feedback and some support on the podcast for anybody who's listening. And uh, maybe once I tighten up my audio and learn the podcast tools and, and the tricks of the trade, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll make a more palatable, this will make for a more palatable listening experience for you, but you got to start somewhere, right? So thanks for being here with, through my growing pains. And speaking of growing pains and beyond, way beyond growing pains, I will be uh, reciting and commenting on my blog post from March 5th. No, not March 5th, March 3rd. Um, I've spent a, a decent part of March unintentionally uh, talking about women's issues as part of Women's History Month. Um, once I realized that's what I was doing, I, I did sort of tailor my, my messaging and my post toward that idea. I felt like it was, it was appropriate, but it was a, a bit of a... Of a coincidence at first. The the blog post that I posted on March 1st, which was the subject of my last podcast episode, was the idea of chivalry, specifically the idea of treating women in a differentiated way, something that I'm very much not in favor of. Um, this follow-up post for the, the, the week of March 1st relates to another group that we tend to sequester off into a special mode of treatment for better and for worse, and it's, that's older people. So this is the, the blog post from March 3rd called Veneration is Old Hat, a Meditation on Aging. I think this might be the last blog post where I quoted the Golden Girls. I don't no, I'm not going to look ahead because I don't want to get off script here. But uh, there's one very apt and very concise quote that I actually have. A, I actually have a T-shirt that I bought online that has this on it. It's the probably the best known one-liner from the Golden Girls, and it also summarizes 
a whole lot of different attitudes and 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 actions toward older people. And that immortal quote is Shady Pines Ma which is of course the ever hovering threat to place one's parent in a retirement home as delivered by Dorothy Zvornak to her mother, her dear sweet mother, Sophia Petrillo on The Golden Girls. And away we go. After over a week of pulling quotes from my favorite TV show for each post, because this was still the second second week of the blog when I when I posted this. After over a week of pulling quotes from, from the Golden Girls, finally we have a topic firmly in the show's wheelhouse, the subject of the elderly. Geriatric issues are not among my pet topics. Part of the genius of the Golden Girls is that you don't have to be old or especially fond of old people to enjoy it, and I fall into that, that, that grouping. But in the South, along with the zealous regard for the sanctity of womanhood, there is a veneration afforded to the elderly. So let's ask the tough, tough question again, as we did in the last post. Is the differential, often preferential treatment of older people earned? If you witnessed my brutal takedown of chivalry in the last post, you may be expecting another hatchet job, this time on the topic of honoring older people. You can rest assured, though, I've only brought pruning shears this time, and not a hatchet. Certain abilities do tend to fade with age. It's not an immutable rule that one's physical and mental aptitudes will decline, but biology makes it more difficult than not to maintain or improve one's condition over time, whether we're talking about physical or, um, or intellectual or, or mental. Because we, asso- because we do associate aging with decline, we offer deference to the elderly, whether that means offering them a seat, a discount, or free reign to curse on national TV, like, like Jane Fonda did. And I didn't realize when I when I recalled this instance of Jane Fonda uttering one of those one of the absolute no no broadcast TV words. I didn't realize it had taken place so many years ago, and to think that it happened so many years ago and she was considered elderly then and here she is she's got uh, i think her her um her series which i can't remember the name of right at the moment that she stars in with lily tomlin uh that is wrapping up right now the fact that she's still working and still um especially after that instance on the today show (laughs) where she let this word slip uh or or not slip you know, depending on how you how you how you think what what you think her intentions were, um, at any rate, she didn't get nearly as much blowback on that as as, as she would have. I'm convinced if she were younger. Uh, so these acts of deference to the elderly are our gifts to them in honor of their long lives and in consideration of their greatly their generally not greatly their generally reduced abilities. One of the, uh, pardon the sirens in the background, that's one of the joys of uh, recording right in the middle of downtown. When I have my microphone, it won't be quite so jarring or annoying. And when I get better at editing, I'll be able to edit this sort of thing out. At any rate, as I said, the acts of deference like these to the elderly are our gifts to them. 
in honor of their long lives and their reduced abilities. And I, and I did say in the blog post generally, which in a bit of a, I guess, Freudian slip, maybe I say I, I, I read just now as greatly reduced abilities. That's the, that's the assumption. And even I fall prey to that assumption that, you know, you're older, your abilities are in general are just greatly reduced. Some of the feedback I got um, online in discussing the topic is that many people felt that the elderly were, uh, in some cases, way better off than, than they were. And generally, the, the people who've been responding to my posts are people that I know personally who, like me, are middle-aged. And, um, you know, generally in, in, in good health, but, but also, you know, we're not fitness gurus and we're not you know not all of, not all of us are anyway and we're not we're not um triathlete triathletes and and uh olympic caliber um competitors or anything like that so there are certain areas that we could we could uh, many of us could could stand to <laughs> to improve in and part of the consensus was that there are some older people out there who could run circles around us and so that's why I really wanted to make sure in the blog that I even challenge my own assumptions in my own language around around older people because it's not it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to be a certain way or 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 be inferior to younger people when it comes to health or or activity or strength or really any measure. However, we do have these acts of deference. And I'm okay with that, getting back to the blog post. That's, uh, it's a reasonable, thoughtful, and not too presumptuous way to operate. My one caveat is that I sense everyone, I sense everyone, meaning all of us, peeking at the horizon as they are showering these benefits on their elders. And to explain what I mean by that, peeking at the horizon... Age is the one demographic no adult spends their entire life inhabiting. So there's the nifty factor of planning ahead that's involved in our regard for the elderly. In other words, we want to treat them the same way we wish to be treated when we get there. Karmic insurance, if you will, or psychic social security. That's, you know, I've struggled with how to convey that in a way that was concise and clear, and I'm not sure that I uh, achieved that goal in the blog. Um, When I say age is the one demographic no adult spends their entire life life inhabiting, that's, that, I mean, I think that requires a little bit of diagramming on on a piece of paper. You know, I think it it did for me, but it was really the best way I could I could I could find to say it what I meant meant to say what I meant to say was most of us are the race that we are we're the background that we are we grow up in the area of the country or the world that we grow up in and that stays the same through our entire lives we're it with the exception of people who transition we're born a particular gender and and stay and stay that way. Um, most of us stay in our in a, in a particular lane in our in our beliefs in our pol- in our politics in um, 
where we stand on the Coke versus Pepsi debate, all of these things, we, we pretty much are static creatures. We are who we are. But the one thing that we all have to go through as we go through life is the demographic change from being an infant to a toddler to a child to an adolescent to an adult to middle age to and skipping ahead to elderly we all have to go through that demographic change so whereas we can be as non-empathetic as we want to be and not suffer any blowback or any personal uh, blowback just from a from a from a strictly linear standpoint and believe me i i fully ad, uh, adhere to the belief that injustice to any group is an injustice to all it, it, it really we are interconnected and it impacts all of us but in terms of in terms of how one one is treated based on one's own by other people based on their own demographic characteristics. Age is the only one where, you know, oh my God, one day I'm going to be there. You can't say, oh, one day I'm, I'm going to be a different race or one day I'm going to be, uh, for most of us, a different gender or sex. Um, you know, we, we pretty much, those things pretty much stay the same. So that's, that's sort of what I was saying here. But as you can tell, it takes about three or four minutes to kind of get into that or maybe I just ran on too long which is entirely possible and because I'm going to be too lazy to go back and repeat all that I will not be editing out or re recording <laughs> for my very loud HVAC system which cut on and I have to remind myself to keep that off during these episodes I apologize for that however that sounds to you guys and I promise I will have my microphone in place before I record another podcast. Sorry for the technical difficulties as, as they exist. And maybe I'll blast the, the background music at this point as well to, to cover that up because I'm, 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 uh, I'm imagining that sounds pretty loud. Sorry, you guys. At any rate, so I left off in reading my blog post talking about psychic social security, you know, we want to treat the older people well because when we get old, we want to be treated well. So in a way, this makes honoring the elderly something akin to a mass delusion, whereby if we all buy into it, it makes it so. Not to get overly macro, but the same can be said of society as a whole. We all acquiesce to a common set of social rules that benefit us broadly, in turn, we come to think these rules are reality when they are, in fact, only conveniences we have constructed that allow us to live more securely. This is a, it is, that is a pretty macro sort of high level, I don't even, I don't know if I would flatter myself to call it philosophical, but it, it's a very sort of high level deconstruction of the world we live in. All the debates we have over how to treat people and rights and bigotry and all of these things it it really it, it, all of it speaks to how we treat each other which can be whatever reality we want it to be we could make a reality for ourselves where we're all very terrible to each other and we continue to divide ourselves along these these different lines and fight each other over our differences 
that could be our reality. But most of us have the foresight, at least we give lip service to having this sort of foresight, um, to understand that that sort of divisiveness is generally just going to weaken us as human as 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 a human culture as a as a national human culture in the US and as a global human culture uh around the world and it's funny to me that we honor we most cultures at least you know at least in theory honor the elderly but it's you know it's sort of self-serving because you know, we all know that if we live long enough, we'll be there one day, and we want to make sure that every, the, the table is set for us the way we're setting it for our parents and the people that are, are our parents' age um, now. So when, when we see a direct benefit to extending courtesies and privileges and compassion to another group of people because because of the the march of time then we're then we 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 definitely we tend to place a higher priority on it i just i just wish we could all sort of take a step back and 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 without that degree of self-interest extend the courtesies and privileges to other groups of people that we will never be unless we do so in in the in a system of reincarnation in or, or in some, in, or something similar to that, where we, you know, where we may be reborn at some point as a member of one of these other groups, and and then experience the karma of being in that group after having treated that group in a certain way in one's one's uh, first reference to lifetime. So I hope all that kind of made some sort of internal sense at least. But that, I think that I feel like that was like a, a four-minute sentence where I was trying to out-talk the HVAC. So let me take a sip of this uh, soda real quick. So, yeah, it's what the point I'm making here is. It's kind of a big sort of mutually agreed thing that we just treat old people well. In short. I can agree to treating old people well, but I won't agree that's how nature or God intended us to act. It's part of how we cope with aging and choose to create order and security in our worlds. As someone who is committed to social justice, this approach resonates with me. So whereas for chivalry, I was just like, ah, I think I was literally about to say the word boulder dash, but I'm like, wow, what century do I live in? Uh, I think I was trying to avoid saying the other B word. Um, but yeah, I, I, I get it. I get showing preference to older people. And that to me is rooted in some sort of sense of reality. There's at least the general decline in abilities. There's at least the, the, the general understanding that these people are sort of further along towards the end of their lives. There's there there To me, there is... A justifiable reason for that differential treatment with women it's it you know it's it's fiercely manipulative for the most part it it, it requires buy-in to a system that subjugates them so i'm just not sympathetic to that so yes i'm okay with this however the tricky part for me is when 
we wade into the thorny, thorny territory of wisdom. The wisdom of the elders, in fact, is a subject which has plagued me throughout my life. When I was a child, I fretted over the mind-boggling responsibilities of being, a, being in high school, college, or, God forbid, being an adult. How did they do it? As I passed each milestone, I acknowledged the rough patches of personal growth, but largely shrugged my shoulders. No task or signifier of adult life was anywhere close to the draining, superhuman ordeal I thought it would be. So yeah, um, when I was in elementary school, it was it was the the, the big thing was oh my god in middle school you have to change classes every hour and there's a whole dedicated hour for one thing and you have one teacher and, and it's so much more intense than than the lessons that you face now. So I went to middle school and I of course thought it was very cool that I just wasn't stuck in the same classroom all day. I just I loved it. I loved the idea of changing classes. And my first year being exposed to that was sixth grade. I loved it. I loved the idea of um, of changing classes. It was I thought it was awesome. And it made me feel like a you know like an adult. It made me feel, or at least like an older older student. Uh, but then in middle school it was like, well, this is just dress rehearsal for what it's like in high school. High school is gonna is gonna really kill you. So, and then on top of that, I was accepted into. A magnet high school, which was supposed to be doubly hard, so I was petrified at what sort of stuff was going to be thrown at me in high school. And then I got to high school, and I'm like, mm, "This is okay. This is manageable. I can do this." And so I went through high school. Um, and then, of course, same thing with college. Well, high school is is tough, but college is really going to knock your socks off. Although that was at this point, I had been through this rodeo been to this rodeo a couple of times and I'm like I'm th- I was thinking you know what maybe maybe not this time maybe I'm not going to get duped this time and on top of that one of the the points the or not the points maybe one of one of the goals of the the magnet high school experience was that we were prepping for college and that we were getting we were that we were the teachers were toughening us up for the sort of extrapolations and creative thinking and um, outside the box and outside of an outside of the classroom type of acrobatics mental acrobatics that we were going to have to perform once we got to college and we were expected to be adult you know be adults and be thinking thinking independently thinking adults just sort of digesting this material largely on our own and so that worked very well I found most of college or at least the first couple of years of it to be uh, easier or a little bit anticlimactic after the intensity of of some of my high school classes but I did you know there's a yeah there's a whole other post to be had about about my college experience so I won't I won't go down that road but then when when uh, adult life loomed after college I was petrified by the idea of of doing those things by myself and and yet I did I lived on my own and took care of all my own obligations and then at a certain point I bought a car and then I bought a house and then I got never had any kids but I bought you know I had I, I had pets and and responsibilities and mortgages and it, it just sort of kept going and coming at me and coming at me and at, one, and, and at some point I just sort of 
stopped thinking about the idea that there was something in my future that was going to be impossible for me to 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 do or to, to, to or to tackle. So you know, you know, so in some ways I feel like I if I didn't want I feel like I've gotten a little wiser over the years, but I don't feel like that was an inevitable thing because life is just about as tricky to figure out for a 10-year-old as it is for a 40-year-old. I really could have just said that one sentence, right? <laughs> but hey, we wouldn't have a podcast if I were that concise. Um, so yeah, slowly over the years, I have come to realize that life is just life. There is no young life, adult life, and old life. Life happens in a steady stream. You adjust some things here and there, but it keeps coming at you whether you adjust or not. Some people are good at making these adjustments and become wise. Some repeat the same mistakes over and over into advanced age. These people I will uncharitably call old fools. The only wisdom I've gained as I've gotten older is that getting older doesn't make one wise. Most of the people I've known or observed who were myopic or ignorant have remained that way for years on end. Some people do change, but that depends on the person. It's not about age at all. Which brings me to my Golden Girls quote. Shady Pines Ma is one of the best known quotes from this show. And to me, it's a delicious riff on uh, you're not too old for me to take you across my knee. Except in this case, it really drives the point home that you can never be too old to be put in your place. Whether that's in a, in a corner with your nose against the wall when you're 8 years old, or in a retirement home when you're 80. It's an egalitarian sentiment that makes me hopeful for, for my own twilight years. For whomever associates with me at that stage in my life, I would ask to be treated like I have some sense, to call me out when I don't, and to not worship at my altar because I managed to not die while time passed. That's no accomplishment. That's just life. In other words, if, there, if other words are needed, and I don't know that they are because I, I kind of like the way that that post ended, but if, I'm, if I may extrapolate just a little, um, no one should be rewarded for simply having existed on the earth. I think we do it as a courtesy and out of, you know, a certain deference. And again, out of, you know, looking, as I said, at the horizon for ourselves, we want to be treated that way. But no one really earns that. Like respect is something you continue to earn as an individual, regardless of any demographic trait. Um, It's something that should definitely be assumed for all people. You should definitely assume respect based, you know, regardless of how, of how old someone is or any other characteristic. But at the same time, that's, that's the external requirement for respect. The internal requirement is that you, you know, be a decent person that you, that you in turn offer, offer the, um, offer up the, the, the treatment and the and project the the sort of decency that that causes people to respect you in the first place, and so in that sense, I don't think that that's a function of age. Um, 
as with chivalry, there's going to be some people who just who just say, "Well, right is right and wrong is wrong," and you pull out your pull out a chair for a lady, and you and you and you offer your seat to older people, and that's all there is to it. And I say that anyone that tries to tell me that something just is a certain way has an agenda. They there's there's no there's no such thing to me as there is something just being true. There's no such thing to me as right is right and wrong is wrong. That's that's a way of avoiding the underlying question. In every instance it is. It's not to say that you're necessarily wrong that a particular thing is right, but it just says to me that you're not interested in understanding why it's right or why it's wrong. And that's that's where I get a little cranky about it. I don't mind you treating people a certain way. I don't I I do mind you not being very self-reflective and then blaming me because I call out your lack of self-reflection. So that's, that's where I get a little testy about it. At any rate, there may not be very many more blog posts uh, or podcasts around aging because, like I said, it's just not one of my, not one of my issues, but uh, it is something that came up in this instance to go along with our preferential or, or the allegedly preferential treatment that occurs for women when they are, uh, when they are the objects of a man's chivalric, gentlemanly behavior. Um, and, you know, there's a clear analog with older people. And we'll get into in the next episode sort of the, what I call the punchline for this week of blog posts. Um, what is preferential treatment when it's not applied to a group that traditionally receives it? And and just like with the chivalry post, this is going to be one that where I sort of go out and on a little bit of an argumentative and a and I stake out a, a real like a real position um, as opposed to just shooting the breeze in in the course of the blog post. But um, Mr. Amir, my production assistant, and I will certainly see you, uh, or if not see you, will sense your presence when we uh, resume the podcast in the next episode. And I'm going to try to be true to my word and have a real microphone next time and minimize all of the various noise interruptions. Um, I, I really do hope that you will hang in there with me if you started listening and uh, we'll make it to the next podcast. The next one really is the punchline. Um, and let, let me see, the, the name of it is, and this is going to sound very cryptic, Life on the Farm. Can't miss that. (laughs) Thank you for listening.